From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Our man's in position on the center camera. It's like a terrorist supermarket. Chinese Long March Scud, Panther AS-565 attack helicopter, a pair of Russian mortars, and the crates look like American rifles. Chilean mines, German explosives. We'll take the naval option. Yes. One strike, we take out half the world's terrorists. Give me the Chester. Black King to White Bishop. Authorization to fire. Weapons authorized. Prepare to fire. On my count. Five, four, three, two, one. Sign away. Could we handle that? That's Pierce Brosnan as Bond in Tomorrow Never Dies. But 9-11, September 11th, 2001. It was unbelievably shocking. I can remember I came home on an ordinary day. I came home from work for lunch, and my husband told me something on the order of, you know, a small fl- plane accidentally flew into the trade towers. So I imagine just a window broken, and maybe the people in the plane died, which is tragic. But little did I suspect... And little did the rest of the world suspect what we would discover in the hours to follow. And in the days that followed, something happened to my whole view of the world. My whole view of a stable world was shaken, totally shattered. I can remember thinking, maybe we'll lose the America we've known. Maybe we'll be invaded by some dictator like Hitler. Maybe it will be one terror strike after another. And then the anthrax scare came along. And our own mailboxes were a source of threat. My comfort zone had totally been penetrated. This was unthinkable on September 10, 2001. Now, what did I do for myself? I had to deliberately use the skills that I taught each day as a clinical psychologist. I had to use those skills personally to recapture and to hold on to my optimistic view of the world. That naivety that I had that, you know, not in the 20th century or not in the 21st century America, you know, we are impervious to attack, especially by a bunch of barbarians. That was that was just lunacy. You know, we've got these cavemen after us. So I held on to my positive outlook by hearing what? The influential voices, and you can think of your own first-hand experience. The influential voices on TV, on radio, in my own group of friends who spoke of finding the terrorists and the terrorist-sponsoring nations and killing them, just the way James Bond did, killing them wherever they are hiding. And that bystander nations had to take a stand. They couldn't be neutral on this. They couldn't play what Switzerland pretended to play, uh, neutral. Uh, They were either with us or against us. Now, there was passion, there was conviction, and there was moral certainty behind those words. As opposed to what? As opposed to wimpiness, moral appeasement, moral confusion. We've seen what's happened since. Now, I, as I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, and I teach my clients who have abusive spouses, moving away from nations now, that there is no reasoning with irrationality. If a person is irrational, 
any reasons you give them as to why they should be more reasonable, they're going to twist your words, contort them, use them against you. So the, the principle here is that self-defense is a moral imperative. Anything less is self-destructive. So the solution for ending, ending marital abuse and for ending that, the radical Islamic fundamentalism is similar in principle. You don't appease perpetrators. In the case of the marriage, you leave the marriage. With the terrorist, you destroy those who destroy life. If they're hell-bent on destroying life, you must destroy them. So psychological and moral appeasement only emboldens the perpetrators, as we're seeing. Later in the show, if time allows, we'll be talking with Dr. James Campbell. He's the author of Hostage, Terror, and Triumph. He is an expert in helping victims cope better with traumatic events. Traumatizing for an individual, not only the major ones such as the 9-11 attack, but ones that can hit you personally, a house fire, an automobile crash, a robbery, or a layoff from work. What would you do in the aftermath of such an event? And what can help you cope better psychologically? Dr. James Campbell will share his knowledge with us later in the show. And again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist. That means you can get on the phone right now and call me with any questions you would ask a counselor or a therapist. Jot down my number. It's toll-free. 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free. 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. And you can also visit my website, drkenner.com. We have a lot of information on the website. Now, there's a lot on the agenda today, although your calls take priority. So if we have time, we'll also talk about a wife, Andrea, who's been scratching her head, wondering for 18 years why her husband spends most of his time with his best friend, a guy she thinks. He works with him. He has lunch with him. He dines with him at the best restaurants in Miami. And in the evenings, he calls him four to five times a night, and he also calls him on weekends. So when Andrea goes out with him, she says that he's there in body, but his mind is elsewhere. He never pays any emotional attention to her. Here is her tough question. Should she give up on him? And another listener has problems with self-confidence, and I'm going to talk about that one right now. Dear Dr. Kenner, I have major issues regarding my self-confidence. I constantly believe I am slated to fail. It feels that no matter how much I sacrifice or try to ex coexist within my group, it will not matter since I will always be lower than my peers. I do not know if it's relevant, but I stutter. I'm 27 years old. I live with my mother and I'm African-American. My personality is best described as silent, nonchalant, unassuming, and anonymous. I always put other people before myself, treating people with respect and humanity. No matter what I do, I feel as if I'm going to be hated and treated with disdain, resentment, and apathy. What should I do? Ade. Okay, this is a really painful one because Ade, you are treating everyone else with respect and humanity and dignity and they're treating you like dirt or with indifference or with disdain or resentment or just just treating you as if you don't count. You're a shadow in, the, in life. 
but who, how are you treating yourself? You're treating all these other people well, but you are treating yourself like dirt. And that means that you can change that. And I've got a lot of ideas on how you can change that and become what I call a passionate valuer coming up. But you're going to need to scrap some of those well-worn ideas in your mind. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. I welcome your calls and questions toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. You can ask me any questions you'd like, personal questions. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by psychologist Drs. Kenner and Locke. Some partners will, from time to time, meet someone attractive or intriguing outside the marriage or partnership. Most will not openly communicate this to their partner. Why? First, they fear their partner's response. Will he get angry or leave me when I tell him I've been flirting with Jay at work? Will she have a nervous breakdown when she learns that I've gone to the gym early just to talk with Sherry? Second, some love the forbidden feelings and don't want to spoil the pleasure. Such part rationalize what my partner doesn't know won't hurt third thoughts of adultery generate chronic guilt that a partner will try to suppress rather than confront unfortunately this often makes them stronger and may even eventually lead to later regretted actions landing partners in divorce court download chapter one for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com